Good evening and welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is episode 5 recorded on the 2nd of September 2018 and this is your fortnightly look at manga with a focus on joint discussion between myself, Elliot Page and my gracious co-host Mr Andy Hanley. How are you doing Andy? Yeah I'm doing uh, doing pretty well thank you. Life is, life is good. Yeah, things have calmed down. It's not quite as hot anymore. I went and saw like 30 cats today, but didn't get to take any home. But hey, I got to see a lot of cats. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, cat- cats make everything better. Also, a guinea pig, which kept headbutting the gate. I hope that thing was okay, uh, Mr. <laughs> guinea Pig. Um, poor little pinny gig. Um, so yes, this is our fifth episode of the podcast. Again, thank you to everyone who has been reviewing us on Tinternet and everyone who has been giving us lovely feedback. Um, we're greatly appreciative and we're hoping to take this to further and further heights um we have an announcement next episode i think it was supposed to be this episode apologies um life got wild today we're going to be taking a look at two series which we picked for ourselves last episode that is on my part um the first omnibus edition of planetes and from andy satan's secretary volume one um also we are going back in time now to our returning champions feature which we have brought back a second time which so it is itself a returning champion Oof. um so we have looked back at the promised neverland volumes two to five um we're not going to try and spoil it don't worry but andy you should shove this on document as at the poking of your own like boss at work you've caught up on this series what do you think uh yeah so i mean we we talked about uh, volume one a, a few episodes ago now i think we, we both had plenty of uh, of glowing praise for it um and now five volumes in i kind of only have more praise for it really um I mean, kind of. I ended up reading this in two batches. I mean, the the last time we we kind of spoke, and I, I mentioned that I really needed to catch up completely on it. Um, I'd read volumes two and three, which I kind of read in in one batch, which is kind of, in a sense, it's very much more of the same. Like after volume one sets the the tone for like what what the series is and what's happening. Um, volumes two and three are kind of very much a case of kind of keeping up that that pace and that cadence. Like, you know, it's a constant sort of cat and mouse game. There are, you know, new things coming into play, things being kind of written out of the uh, the consideration of the characters. And, you know, it was kind of good and enjoyable, but just sort of more of the same in the best possible way. Um, but mm. uh, just this morning, I read volumes four and five, and I mean, volume four in particular, just it may be one of the kind of single most compelling volumes of manga I've ever read, I feel, because it kind of takes all of that stuff, all of the, the sort of the, the cat and mouse and this uh, this kind of high tension game in inverted commas that is being played between the the various characters. And it kind of it ramps it up in some really important ways, but it also manages to find time to kind of slow things down and really take stock of kind of just how high the stakes have gotten. And it is one of the most kind of intense and kind of claustrophobic and, uh, and sort of enclosed experiences I think I've, I've had in terms of reading manga. Cause it was, you know, it, it, it is really intense. Like it, it makes no bones about reminding you like just how high the stakes are and how you're kind of, you know, it is sort of at its D-Day effectively, like time is running out to, to, to make things happen and, and do whatever needs to be done. 
And that volume was just like, to, to call it a page turner would be to, to kind of not really tell you the scope of just how good it was. Like it was, I, I sort of took a brief break after reading that volume just, just to get my breath back because I think I'd been holding it for like half of the volume. Um, and so like volume four was really kind of like the standout high point for me um and now i'm I'm kind of interested as to where it's going from now because volume five kind of allows it to, to change things up a little bit you know it's kind of moving on to the, the next phase of the story um and it's still really interesting and really fascinating but it's still just kind of ramping that up and i'm not quite sure what direction it's planning to head but it still remains kind of a really good page turner um it's also kind of these later volumes have made me realize just how much i like the characters and the mm. artwork as well like those were the two things that i was kind of a bit like these seem fine, but you know, I'm not entirely sold on them perhaps in the first volume. Like the characters were, were kind of effective at, at what they needed to be, but I wasn't quite sure whether quite how much I was kind of, you know, invested in them. And by volume four, it very much proved to me, yep, I'm super invested in them. Um, and likewise, the artwork, I wasn't too sure about the character designs, but I feel like maybe it's just the artwork has improved a heck of a lot between over the, the various volumes. But like, I feel like it's it's doing ever more impressive things in terms of like big two page spreads and kind of bringing across the kind of the, the emotions of the characters and kind of their situation and so on and so forth. Like it, it kind of feels like it stands out more and more the more that I read of it. Mm, yeah totally i mean to echo your own sort of like hurried pace of reading it i think i even told you at one point um when we were discussing it that i was reading the last part of volume three and then immediately bought volume four on my bus ride to work read that volume devoured it whole reading it almost walked into the road at one point reading it on the way to work and then like bought volume five and had it downloading in time for me to read at lunch to then devour it whole and then as soon as my lunch break was over i felt intensely empty because volume six is not out yet it was that kind of intense um i agree with you about like volume four in particular because like one of the things that the series has definitely gotten a very very good grip on is its stakes and its tension whereas quite often manga will go flaccid at some point because they can't keep up the same stakes um because it's impossible people would lose their mind and melt down but equally it knows how to tweak and adjust things where even if it sounds like a clemency it is itself a torture which happens quite a lot to the characters which really helps like you empathize and feel for their plight and how they're trying to adjust and yeah the characters i've really glommed onto some including in some cases um i'm holding a candle for one or two of them even though that i know like barring some kind of insane plot fear they are very dead um or are not available anymore so that's one fascinating thing about it where i keep having to check myself and going no this this I know that I both know this series wouldn't do something like bring back a character you thought was dead unless it had a bloody good reason for it. Um, there's some really fascinating sort of stuff that happens in the third and fourth volume, the fourth volume in particular, as you mentioned, because a lot of stakes get rearranged and just, and at this point now, like they've, the the situation has changed and the characters have a new footing to base themselves on. And I'll admit for the first half of the fifth volume, I was very much a case of like leaning back and going, well, you have to prove yourself to me, dear manga. And it, kind of is getting there now um i'm still very curious to see where volume six goes certainly that's getting insta-bought when it comes out 
Um, and I think it's different. I don't say it's better or worse, but it's just different now in its stakes and where it is taking place. Um, like certain things have transpired that mean that they're obviously not out of the woods yet. So it's a fascinating sort of thing. And I'm, I, you know, I, I've definitely warmed up to the art mostly because I've now seen, like, it was always great at the grandeur and the, the two page spread and the sort of check out all this detail and the, the angular sort of thick outline style that we have. But now it's had so much more sort of scope to play with it and to show you all of its delights, both in its quieter and louder moments. Um, that, yeah, there's like one panel where, a character is there just as you would let yourself be lulled into a false sense of security and you go oh i was a sucker i thought everything was going to be okay and now much like the cast i know that everything is boned so it's really gripping as you say it's intensely gripping i really enjoy it at the same time it's gotten to the stage now with its new arc that i'm kind of waiting to see how it proves itself mm. um but yeah there is it, the one thing I got scared of is in the fourth volume, there's a moment where it kind of does the whole like rewind and then retell events in the true light sort of thing, which like gave me flashbacks to Death Note and I got a bit scared. I was like, oh no, please don't, don't do the thing where you keep writing yourself into a corner and then have to immediately U-turn next chapter because you forgot how to get out of it. You know, that's, that's something that happened a lot in that damn series and I was worried it was going to start infecting this one, but thankfully not. Um, but no, I'm, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a real good, as you say, a complete purge turner, uh, massive tour de force. It's fascinating. And it's, yeah, it, and Emma in particular is like shown in protagonist to a T, even while all the rest of the cast are looking at her going like, fuck, we got a shown in protagonist here. Oh God, bloody morals and ideals and a stupid hug Like, what is this? And then she manages to pull it off because even she knows that she can't go full shown in protagonist, which is helpful. So yeah, really, really gripping stuff. Really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. The, the worst thing about it now is going to be that that hopefully not too long wait for volume six because uh yeah it's uh it, it's gonna feel uh, it's gonna feel interminable i suspect i think it's november it's coming out of the okay. one problem one thing i did look at of course is getting a show and jump weekly subscription um to plug the gap but the gap is too large to bridge it with the 10 back issues that you can get and also mm. that app instantly crashes on all my android devices and i have no idea why and i've emailed support and they have no idea why so my mm, primary sure. way of imbibing that content is closed off to me so welp oh sad um but yeah real good i'm really enjoying it um i recommend it highly um please see our previous episode for more ex you know sort of explicit thoughts on the promised neverland so anyway um uh, moving on to this week's um picks um andy um we flipped a coin before the recording and you're going first with satan's secretary a title i was going to recommend and then you stole from me but that's <laughs> fine because i can talk about it as well so <laughs> if you please yeah, this is the recurring theme of this podcast now. I just steal all the things that you want to talk about. Oh, it's just a good uh, sign that we both have good taste, clearly. Yes, yes, hopefully. Um, yeah, so uh, so Satan's Secretary, as I mentioned on the last podcast, like I, I saw somebody like post the cover of it on Twitter and say, hey, I'm going to read this. And I thought, well, that looks like trash. And then they posted a few... Uh, a few panels from it it's like oh wait maybe it's not this that actually looks really kind of good so uh i wanted to check it out and uh and the, here we are checking out the first volume um so basically the story is uh set in in your, your kind of typical world of, of good versus evil where there is a hero 
And there is also Satan, who has been sealed in inverted commas. He's really kind of just having a lie in. Um, and then after oversleeping by a decade or so, which, you know, I think we can all uh, we can all uh, get behind. Uh, he finally awakens and decides, well, you know, it's time to subjugate and, and destroy humanity because that's kind of my job. Um, and so one of the first things he does is he set, sets his minions out to say, hey, like, capture some some capable humans who, you know, will, will know what's going on in, in the human realm and they can kind of give me all the intel that I need to to crush humanity. Um, and he ends up with what is basically the secretary of, of the king of, of a realm within the, within the world, um, who turns out to be more than capable as, as a, a secretary and also more than willing to say, like, yeah, sure, I'll... I'll I'm in with this idea of just destroying mankind. Yeah, why not? You know, um, and and let me help you organize it. Um, and so, kind of the, the early running is uh, the good part of the early running of, of this story is it's very much a case of um, as a good early example, like Satan is talking about. Oh yeah, you know, I'd like my women to be submissive. To which I retort straight away, "Well, that's sexual harassment. You can't do that in this workplace." And it's basically. She kind of goes around improving workplace conditions, introducing everything from like maternity leave and paid holiday, et cetera, et cetera, um, in this world of demons to the point where it's kind of seems like it's preferable to the human world. Um, and it really just kind of carries on in, in that vein where really kind of the, the actual powerhouse of the demon world is actually this incredibly competent and capable secretary or Satan kind of mostly kind of goofs around, drinks too much, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I kind of really enjoyed the first few chapters of this. Like, it, it's kind of fun and, and peppy. And, you know, it clearly, I mean, look, looking through this first volume, it actually includes like the original kind of Dijinshi version of this that was published in like 2014. Mm. That felt like it was very much just kind of a, a one shot of like, hey, here's, here's a really goofy little premise. And, you know, here's a, here's a, a little bit of this world. And it kind of works to that extent. But, I did find that it kind of started to get old pretty quickly, like the the social commentary and the commentary on kind of employment conditions only takes you so far. And it kind of felt like it ran out of road pretty early on for me, like kind of by the end of the volume, I was like, yeah, fine. I don't really want, need or want to read any more of this. I'm not particularly invested in where things go from here. Like I've sort of had a, a decent enough time watching this character doing her thing. And there've been a few good little jokes along the way and, and a few, few good little kind of pointed bits of social commentary. And I'm kind of checked out of it at this point. And so, you know, I kind of got to the end of it feeling it was already a bit overly long, even by the end of the first volume. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a it's a rather svelte 150 pages and like you say by about page 60 I was checking out. I mean, this is my second time reading this because as mentioned I've read this before and was going to mention it for the podcast regardless, but yeah, it even the first chapters kind of miss me a bit because reading back reading it back a second time, it's really quite it goes for everything easy. Like everything most of the, I mean, it's still like, it's not laugh out loud, funny. It's more sort of like sensible chuckle slash heh sort of joke rather than like, ha 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 out my sides. It's very much a case of low roiling kind of funny, but not really going to make you laugh that loud. And especially when you keep getting like weirdo, like tentacle monster jokes, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like sometimes it has a good joke, but it's one out of every four times it tries. And like, you know, it goes for, like I say, it goes for the low hanging fruit of like, oh, what if we made the demon lord a lazy swine? And what if we did this? And it's like, yeah, we get it. And there's a few sort of like modern workplace conditions slash millennial jokes that are like, they just say the joke. It's not even a joke. They just say it. And it's like, yep, 
that's I guess I guess that's a joke you're making. <laughs> like you just said a thing and that's kind of it. Um so yeah, it's a bit base. And like I say, it was very much a case of like on the second what read was like, oh, this isn't actually that interesting. It's very forgettable, like intensely forgettable. And the one thing I dislike greatly about it, and I'm gonna say that's such a prude, but whatever, I've done this before, is that it has a few pages where it's like, oh, what if we mind palace do rude things to the secretary? And it's like near hentai level art with like, you know, bits of clothing just in the right place. And it's like, come on. And then of course the secretary go retorts and goes, No, you can't do that. And it's it's just kind of sucks that they have that they even put it in there to begin with, because it's not really that interesting it's not it's not that titillating it's interesting it seems intensely incongruous and it's just sad so that kind of knocked me off especially on a second read going yeah i get it and yeah it, it, it as you say it runs out of road because at the end it has this weird little heart-to-heart moment between the demon lord and the secretary where they find a really weird piece of common ground where you're like oh this is actually an interesting thing shame i'm already completely bored of this series never mind and then it sets up like a volume two stinger that i was like you know no like i'm sorry you have set up an interesting stinger here and maybe something interesting will happen but the last like two-thirds of the manga have basically made me sort of shrug wholeheartedly to at it so i'm not really that bothered in continuing sorry especially on a second I, again sorry to hammer this point home but especially on a second reading where i was like oh yeah most of these jokes mm, yeah they were they were okay the first time and now it's very meh um so yeah, yeah. It's, i think it's also a case where like the demon lord is too much of a lazy sod like he's he like he's very very easy as a butt of jokes in fact too easy for my mind where it's just like yeah we get it like he's crap but you need to do more than that to make him interesting um, yeah yeah it, it's the weird thing with with some of some of the, the stuff that you've mentioned is it feels like it's kind of a setup that i'd kind of be more okay with if there was a decent payoff to it it's like the whole you know that those aforementioned kind of lewd panels like the first time i came across one of those it's like okay there's maybe going to be a really funny payoff to this where you're going to kind of get your comeuppance but instead like you say it's just a straight up like nope not happening and it's like oh well you've kind of you've you've literally just dropped that in there like and you've not actually done anything with it beyond the obvious like i oh, will titillate the the reader for two seconds flat here yeah, and, and kind of likewise with the actual demon lord, it's like it feels like it, it would have been a richer vein of comedy to have him actually be competent himself, but still being overshadowed rather than, like you say, just the kind of you know lazy like, oh yeah, like I I stayed in bed because I'd been drinking kind of archetype. Which again, that's maybe mildly amusing the first time, and then it's just like ah, you've you've done that joke now, you know. Well, where do you go from here? Yeah, I mean, there's one thing that they they hint at initially, like right at the off, and then immediately stop using it as like a possible vein for comedy is the fact that he's been asleep for 300 years and knows it, and so everything he wants to do is really old fashioned. Like if it had him being competent, but competent in an old fashioned manner, it would be way more interesting as a basis of comedy. And the other thing about the comedy in particular is that there's it it tries to cram in a lot of jokes, and the problem is there's no time to develop really any of them as for a basis. So it's like it ha- it sets out its all for certain gags but it then throws everything out so quickly that you're like oh i guess there were like three jokes on this page but none of them really hit um it all just kind of happened like i say it's much more of a heh manga than a oh my god i'm dying so yeah it's it's weird but i'm you know it's it's well drawn like the monsters look cool apart from the weird tentacle beast one but like well he still looks good at being a tentacle beast but yeah the monster there's a lot of 
it's clearly a lot of love in the monster design in particular. It's like, oh, you, you clearly grew up with all these like eight, six, eight bit RPGs and you like drawing monsters. And here's this cool, like, um, you know, like, look, like, um, gargoyle looking dude. So yeah, it looks quite cool, but you know, it's all very slight. So you barely really get chance to like really bother with them at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's probably one of the things that, that I also kind of bounced off. Cause I think I've, I, I've slowly become kind of tired of that sort of, you know, video game RPG kind of, you know, in, influence for a lot of this kind of design work. And it's like, ah, it's another one of these. Like, I feel like I've seen too many of them at this point. Well, at this point, everything's done it like, and also everything's kind of done it to death already. Like, I mean, we've we've been through the like tunnel of Log Horizon, Sword Art Online, so I'm a spider, so what? You know, like loads and loads of stuff have cribbed this because, unsurprisingly, anime fans are dorks and nerds and like playing RPGs or video games by and large, or know of them enough because they're also in the nerdy orbit. And so, it's such an easy touchstone that everything has mined that vein to exhaustion now. Like it's done. You know, even things that are like video game adjacent like i've been playing the friggin' like is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon mobile game and the entirety of that world resists rests upon very very video gamey principles and everyone like in that world knows it but doesn't say hey we're in a video game you know because that's the world they're in but it, again it's a video game like it's set up in the like their stats screen is on the back is on their back you know that's one of the main things of that series so yeah it's it's wild um yeah yeah so yeah that's sacred so yeah i'm I'm kind of i feel a bit sad honestly because i when you picked this i was like oh good i get to talk about this series that i think i remember quite enjoying and then going back to it i'm like oh no this is kind of meh <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I think kind of my my takeaway from it is you know as, as mentioned i was attracted to this by somebody posting like a few panels from it and they're like oh yeah that all looks really good but i feel like i saw all the good panels of that manga and there was you know th- there are a few things like above and beyond what, what i'd already seen but like that was kind of the mainstay like i feel like i'd seen the jokes for the most part and uh you know it, it's very much a a one-trick pony as uh in, in those terms yeah oh well um so yeah um the oh a little blurb about the manga itself that i meant to try and insert the start um so the author is um kamanabo Cam, sorry kame kamonabe kamo mat kamosu oh jesus i'm bad at these pronunciations um it's published by seven seas because of course it is it's a bit lewd um it's not yet complete only one volume is available right now and you can get it on most digital storefronts i haven't seen it physically um but then again i barely look at physical releases nowadays so that's my bad um be funny if you could get it um like not shrink wrapped in the store and just open it to the porno pages and leave it there for people to find (laughs) just like make water stones a pit of vice cool um so unless you got anything further about it andy no but i think uh, that is all i have to say cool moving on to our second series and the this gets the like continuing elliot page award for elliot why did you pick such a long manga you moron um because woof i had to burn through this over a long weekend but it was worth it so this was planetus omnibus one this is a re-release of the manga planetes which is now being released by dark horse in two honking great omnibus editions of 500 odd pages each um which you know the pricing comes out very nice actually as a result um it's all complete again two volumes that's it and it's physical only which annoys me to no end because i don't have room but because 
it's Planetaires. I made an exception for it because um, Whisper It, but I haven't watched the anime despite many, many people telling me I should. Because, um, yeah, I'm lazy. Um, also, I bought discs for it, but then I scratched them to death in the house move. So, whoops, that's my excuse. And I'm sticking to it. Anyway, um, so Planetaires is the general sort of like back of the box quote, I suppose, and also the way that everyone introduces this series is it's about bin men in space. Um, it's 2075. Humanity has just about started to reach the stars and is exploring the inner solar system. Um, more and more space flights need to go up and something that is already problem right now in like space year 2017, 2018 even, is that there's a lot of debris up there. Um, stuff falls off, st- ships break or explode and it all hangs around in orbit by and large if it doesn't burn up on re-entry and even something small if it's in orbit with the earth it's moving dang fast and if it hits anything else it can do a lot of damage um, which the series very ably shows on like page six where it shows a big honking um hole in the side of the ship which our main characters are in the toy box the ds12 which is a garbage collection ship which is in low off orbit and basically they collect crap you know discarded fuel tanks not some bolts the odd crap um and it stars the like crew of the toy box um they navigate a fee a very taciturn russian dude called yuri and um ooh, hachi Hachi, what's his name? Sorry, uh, Hachi, Hachimoto, isn't it? I think. It's Hachimura, I think. I think Hachimaki. Oh, is it? Right. Hachimaki. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Hachimaki, um, Hachimaki, who is like the, the, the kind of baby of the crew, even though he's been doing it for a few years. Um, and initially I was quite excited because I thought it was going to be like an ensemble cast uh, about the adventures of these people on Toy Box. But then after a few chapters, it very much gloms on to Hachimaki and his desire to get on a maiden voyage of a new Von Braun ship, which will be flying out to Jupiter, which will be the furthest that mankind has gone in manned spacecraft to basically set up a giant fuel, a giant gas station, um, like a giant fuel rig for further exploration and they're testing out a new engine and there's you know sort of lots and lots of machinations around that there are people who don't want mankind to colonize and expand into space due to quite sensible reasons honestly um can't really blame them too much although their methods hmm, leave something to be desired um and so it kind of turns into this long-running series where like at one point i felt like it fell into this very nice comfortable cowboy bebobish sort of vibe of vibe of like very down to earth oh sorry that wasn't meant to be a pun but very down to earth space exploration starring this sort of crew of people who have their own loves and dreams and lives and want to get something out of their life and you know they're in humankind is in space and humans are still idiots sadly and so everyone just kind of like muddles through but it quickly pivots away from that just as i had it in view and it becomes hachimaki's kind of like weird like just soul searching through the darkness of space um and how he's what he wants to do about this jupiter mission his relationships with his co-workers um how he interrelates with all the world and how it's all building up around you as the reader so there's a lot of very good sort of exposition through that a lot of fascinating sort of things a lot of it is like well done sort of like sci-fi sort of touchstones but done in a very sort of personal like heartfelt way such as what happens when a kid is born on the moon question mark that's like chapter two um so yeah it's very fascinating like that i mean the one thing about it is that right from the off the first chapter is basically like one of the single most killer one shots you can make with the with the like 
remit of space garbage men and it's really good like the first chapter alone is like enough to like just blow your eyebrows way off um and as expected it has really nice two-page spreads and art because it has the ability to play around with like near future but still very generic and down-to-earth tech like and construction like with the toy box the ship which is basically a giant cube surrounded by shielding because it's a garbage ship you don't need to look pretty and also just all the accoutrement of their daily life of like living in zero g and trying to keep themselves fit in like hellish like sort of solar radiation um and so on and it looks really pretty in general like it has some amazing two-page spreads of just character looking at space or character being in space and it really helps you like sort of feel like you're part of the experience um and in general i really enjoyed it but i must admit part of me is the fact that like when the series starts to glom onto hachimaki for most of the second half of the volume while still fascinating and it's really intense in how it depicts like characters and growth and what they want out of the world now that we have space there and is there anything for them and why are they doing anything like you know what is the human what is mankind's place in all this there's a question that appears very frequently i still would have liked more actual trash men adventures because that was really fascinating but at the counting there's only like three actual storylines or two even that involve actual space trash um which sounds weird that like i want more bin men in my manga but that was a really fertile ground for exploration and interesting sort of stories and it's kind of pushed all that and the rest of the crew aside also like halfway through the volume they introduce a new character and then immediately like between two chapters almost like they cut out part of the book almost to my mind but suddenly there's a romantic relationship which is out of nowhere and thankfully one of the characters in it is also as confused as i am about it i'm um, sorry i've gone really long on this um but andy what did you think sorry to go so long <laughs> whoops uh, no no that's that's totally fine um yeah so i mean uh to start off with with the positives like i'm i'm with you on everything that you said like i am I, I am like hand in the air an absolute sucker for this kind of realistic kind of near future futurism um like i mean space brothers sits in, in a similar vein to me admittedly not read the manga but the anime of that is also really good at that kind of space exploration that's you know it's just far ahead enough of, of our timeline to be like oh hey you know we're, we're not just kind of scrabbling around and, and maybe figuring out going to the moon again you know we, we've gone beyond that and you know we're, we're looking at more ambitious things um and I, i'm a complete sucker for that like you know i, I think I, i'd be interested actually as to, to kind of how this this series kind of reads with with maybe like a younger generation because i feel like you and i are probably both still in of an age group where we were kind of as kids able to to watch you know various spacecraft taking off and shuttles launching while it oh, was yeah, still I, saw kind the of... challenge, I saw the challenger happen in real time that yeah fucks, it, as a kid that fucks you right up exactly like yeah that happened like likewise at a very young age but like there was still this kind of fascination with space and like you know the the exploration of it the danger of it like it was all kind of like catnip to to any kid at that time and like i feel like in the wake of challenger in, in particular like you know that that has very much faded in terms of being in the the public eye i feel quite a lot and i, I wonder whether it it sits differently for, for another generation but for me yeah this kind of stuff you know 
you can just pump it into my veins because this is exactly the kind of thing that that I find fascinating to to, to watch or read and to to think about. And yeah, that that is what I really love about this this series is the way that it it does a lot of soul searching on a personal and on a broader level about you know what the characters what motivates them like why they are doing what they are doing and you know what this all kind of means in terms of the big picture for humanity like you know what what is the right thing to do when it comes to kind of exploring and you know exploiting let's be quite honest space and you know it it has some really interesting characters and some really interesting takes on that that you know you're not going to agree with them all necessarily but it does make some really interesting arguments that you can actually sit down and have a really good kind of structured debate around, you know, some of the the points that it raises. So all of that is all stuff that I really love about it. But boy, does this show, does this series also do some things that really ground my gears. Um, So, I mean, the the one that really, there there was a point reading this omnibus where I, I, I was glad that this was a physical book and not a digital one because I I threw the book down rather than throwing my tablet down because that would probably have done more damage and been more expensive. As someone who uh, has recently dropped a tablet, yes, it does a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah, like ha- having done that once before in the past, like I, I was glad that my kind of frustration was was just you know against some some bits of paper uh, rather than than anything uh, more more technological or expensive. Because uh, that I'm I'm gonna if you're really kind of spoiler reverse. You might want to fast forward like a minute or so because I'm I'm going to have to kind of dig into a specific story arc here. I'll put time codes in the um, notes, by the way. Yeah, cool. So, uh, so there's a story arc here, as as Elliot kind of alluded to, around uh, some people feel like the exploration and exploitation of space needs to be stopped that like in the world of planetes like the earth has been kind of not destroyed but like it's not in a great place you know a lot of its resources have been exhausted completely which is why space exploration has been accelerated like it has and so as, a, terror- quick, as a quick side note all the shots of it being on earth are all idyllic um yeah, just as a quick is- just as a quick addendum to catch you up on that <laughs> yeah that that is that is one of the weird things but uh, but anyway so basically a terrorist organized has been born around this idea that like humanity needs to be stopped before it, it, it screws up space as well and they become kind of a recurring theme you know they're going around as terrorists do blowing stuff up and there's a whole story arc around that and around the leader of this terrorist group but that entire arc is somehow like concluded and brought to a climax because said terrorist leader sees two characters kissing and just decides you know what I'm not going to be a terrorist anymore and my entire terrorist group is going to disband with no questions asked and just stop blowing stuff up and just like completely disengage from this thing that they're supposedly super passionate about because hey I, I saw I saw two kids making out so I guess the world is okay after all. It wasn't that- even making out like one of them just grabbed the other one and in exasperation for the fact that they wouldn't see that they liked them kissed them and like meanwhile like terrorist homeboys entire crew are laid there on the ground knocked out and it's like they're not even dead like if he'd lost his entire crew maybe he could then go well shit game's up i got no one to follow me but yeah it's it's also like just tossed off in like a four word little speech bubble of like the bombing stopped and it's like what 
you know so yeah yeah it is it is the most bullshit ends to any story arc i think i've ever read and it's just like and just just the idea like had had it just been that kind of the, the leader decided yeah you know this this i've i've seen the error of my ways like that's it like fine but the idea that the entire organization then just shuts down because this one guy has decided like nah maybe i was wrong is just like it just so didn't ring true and, and again like one of the things that i i like about this kind of you know, realistic futurism is that it tackles kind of, you know, modern issues that concern us right here and now and kind of hopefully has some interesting things to say about them. But this was not the case with that story arc. Like, you've not told me anything kind of helpful or interesting to kind of frame the debate of modern terrorism and its origins, because like, it's just utter, utter tribe in terms of how it's concluded. I feel like there's a few cases where, like, not to sort of dogpile, right? and again, I, I really enjoyed what I read. It, like, it really like i i managed to outstay my welcome in another cafe because of this book because i was reading it and wouldn't leave the table sorry tesco um but like it does that several times where like it'll have these long discussions about like sort of re- like political issues about resources allocation about exploitation of resources about like you know human beings and how they are treated and it then kind of discusses it, but then very much or either wimps out or has a very much cake and eat it style solution or non-solution in some cases. And it's it makes it feel very unsatisfying. I mean, it even ends another like very poignant emotional arc, which I'll, I won't say too much more than that. But basically, there's an arc. The first chapter is like this amazing potted arc. And then as a follow up, it brings back a ghost of that and resolves it in a really like just unsatisfying all around way which is very exhausting um and like i say like the way that like tanabe a new character gets introduced and suddenly has all this history that you don't see i honestly felt quite short changed because like i say at one point i thought i was gonna get i was getting cowboy bebop but space garbage man and i was so on for that and then no it's totally not that at all that's not what you're gonna get and i was so annoyed <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that the the other issue that, that i kind of have as you mentioned like the, the introduction of tanabe and the, the the relationship angle there like it's, it's the same issue that we kind of uh discussed uh in, in our first episode with the uh, perfect world where it kind of introduced a relationship that I just couldn't kind of invest in or, or believe in. And Planetes has that kind of times 10 because it just drops these two characters who are complete. It, they're complete opposites, but not in that kind of opposites attract way. They're complete opposites in that you are going to argue in literally every panel that you share. And like, even the one time it seems like they're maybe going to kind of find some sort of, you know, come together and, and be nice to each other. It lasts like about half a second before it all goes south again. And it's just like, how am I supposed to believe that these two characters have any kind of interested one another like you say at least one of those characters is as confused about it as we are but even then it's like where is this even coming from from the other side of, of that like it just it feels so forced as if it's just like well we've got to have a love interest in here so i'm just gonna drop this character in yeah when and... you really really don't like you really don't like you already have enough stuff to look at that is cool in this series you don't need love interest yeah it's weird because i can i can kind of see where that's coming from because there are some interesting questions around 
around that because you know the the idea of, of of basically giving up kind of decades away from your home that being earth for you know space exploration what have you and it, it, it explores it in quite an interesting way with with hatchy's kind of father who is you know very much way a, more believable and has a way better romance plot even though it's like five panels long yeah yeah like he, he has a really good arc of like hey he's he's incredibly passionate and incredibly talented at what he does and so he's kind of been sort of an absentee father in a lot of ways simply because like he's been following his passion and he has really interesting things to say and you know his his wife has and Hatchie's mother has really interesting things to say about that state of affairs and you know what what that means for everybody involved so in a way that kind of covers the angle that they're going for I can see why you'd want to have like a, a different generation's take on that with with Hatchie but it's really like at least put a character that that makes sense into into that role not not a complete kind of opposite where it just it just never kind of gelled with me and this this is also kind of you know the the one thing that i disliked about the anime as well which you mentioned you, you haven't watched like that that was always the one thing that stuck with me from from watching the anime and it's it's still very much present and correct here um so yeah it's, it's a weird one because like i really like so much about this series but like the the two caveats i have feel like they're sort of they should be overwhelmingly big but they aren't because i i think that speaks to the strength of the other content here that maybe it is just because it's catnip for me but i still say like yeah you should read this it's really cool uh you know despite the the things that you know caused me to throw my throw the book down in in frustration yeah i'd agree i mean it's it's like i say it's really well drawn it's really beautiful like it has some amazing like just design work and scope and like and it has some really fascinating ways of like um, juxtaposing characters and isn't it there's like a freaking like you know trip out sequence almost like that bit in macross when hikaru is out for an entire episode because they hadn't got any budget left but actually it came it became really iconic because it's just a character hallucinating and it has something like that and yeah it's it's really amazing but when it when it clangs it clangs hard like quite painfully almost of like oh man you you were batting 100 and now you're like you know just doing nothing so yeah it's a weirdly frustrating but very very recommended manga the main question of course i suppose at this point is are you going to get the second volume i don't know that that is the interesting point like at this point my feeling is probably no simply because kind of that all of my frustrations kind of come in like the, the latter part and the latter chapters of, of this first omnibus and it kind of leaves me thinking like well i kind of get the feeling that a lot of the second omnibus is going to be the stuff that i don't like about it so maybe i should quit while i'm ahead but there is also the other part of me is like oh i don't know there might be cool space stuff and i do like cool space stuff and also your completionist gene will act up because it's only two volumes andy you know you've only got one to go yeah i mean luckily this is probably another of the benefits of it being physical because i can't just click a buy now button and it's instantly there so it's like oh well you know then it's got to be delivered somewhere and then i'm gonna have to like carry it back home if i get delivered to work and you know so 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 much hassle you know whatever will i do yeah it's amazing how even prime shipping is now a horrifying imposition in our lives (laughs) i'm with you in that i I, it sounds weird but i was so on to buy the second volume just on the strength of the very last minutes of or pages of the second of the first volume and then i read the synopsis for what is going to be in the second volume and I basically glazed over, which because like two of the things that it kind of hits as being big points that are going to be in the second volume. I'm like, oh, 
don't care about that and oh they already did this and i'm kind of don't think you can do better than that previous attempt they did so i don't care so whoops so uh, yeah by reading the synopsis i am like really unsold on it so that's woof you know a bit of a bat a bit of a swing and a miss there so we'll yeah. see yeah it's, it's it's a weird weird series like I, i'm so conflicted about it and it's it's one of those series where you you kind of talk about it and you kind of find yourself really going hard on the negatives and it, uh, but I still also don't want to kind of like do away with the fact that there's a lot of positive stuff about this book as well so it's 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 a real a real strange one yeah i mean we've kind of hit on the like not to elongate further but we've hit on the sort of typical problem where like what i want to say is a generally positive and like if you gave me a thousand word review i'd hand in one of those awful reviews that i used to do constantly of like 300 words were basically me going here's a synopsis here's why i think it's amazing by the way here's 700 words picking out two very particular things i dislike so by weight of words you're gonna think i was against it but that's just how i've come to this because i like it and that because i like it is why i'm angry about this stuff if that makes sense yeah yeah totally so uh so hope, hopefully people will will tweet us email us whatever and, and tell us their thoughts and because i'm i'm interested to hear what the the, the more general feeling about this is because like planet says is is definitely kind of regarded as a classic by many i feel so uh clearly you know a, a lot of the issues we have aren't kind of aren't shared or at least aren't kind of detrimental to it to a lot of people so uh so maybe maybe people have opinions on that stuff yeah, maybe. I'd be interested to hear them, quite honestly. Um, I was rather late in putting out the call for responses this um, episode, so apologies um, to those listening. Um, we did get one comment from UFO, who is basically someone after my own heart, who says, it's great when you can read a whole manga in two volumes, and I'm right there with you because I am hella forgetful. And so the more instances and more volumes, the more likely I am going to be to forget about it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a really weird duck um, for all the reasons we've spent at length talking about. Um, I think one thing about it is that like Planetes is a series, and the series itself is well liked by a very like maybe not influential but a very storied like segment of anime fandom who have kind of like been around for a while and so can sort of like say with some authority i suppose of like or just age of like hey i've been watching a lot of anime this one's a good one promise trust me so that that kind of helps <laughs> having people who've actually watched more than 10 anime um although sometimes you worry about them um so yeah that's planetes um out now in dead tree form Moving on, it's time to pick out what we're going to be talking about next time in the ne after the next two weeks. So, um, first and foremost, um, Andy stole my choice again. So I have to go for, well, I'm going to go for something that I've been wanting to pick up. And this is a good excuse. It's the one volume, not 500 pages book of, um, go for it, Nakamura, which is a very cute one shot, one volume thing about, which is basically just boys love, but is more sort of cutesy, like romance boys love rather than like, getting it on boys love and it looks really adorable um so yeah it's just dude meets dude dude falls in love with dude dude has no idea how to handle feelings much like most of life i suppose so yeah <laughs> I mean, and, and, I'm, I'm, I'm already sold on it if it's not 500 pages so uh so we, we can do the next podcast right now it's great it's not 500 pages long <laughs> you you don't don't make me try and tempt you andy i nearly i nearly picked a light novel for this um this choice but i'm gonna hold fire on that one um <laughs> so yeah um over to you andy what have you picked 
Uh, yeah, so my pick, I mean, you say I stole it, but this is kind of entirely your fault, um, because I've picked a volume one of The Voynich Hotel, which uh, I think it's the first episode you mentioned that it was coming out and i can't remember exactly what you said about it to be honest but whatever words you formed into a sentence went into my brain and just stuck there as like and andy you should read that so uh so i'm gonna do that because it sounded pretty rad so uh hopefully you are you are correct and it is a good thing I hope so too. Um, yeah, the Voynich Hotel is by an artist called Diamond Seyman, who I've been a fan of for a while. Who does? It's kind of hard to be a fan of because he does really out there weird stuff, but that's what makes it great. Um, really close to the bone, like vomit on the page sort of thing. So and like, it's a miracle this is coming out in you know in actual localized English. Like what the hell? So yeah, gonna be fascinating. So, uh, moving on, uh, we've got our section of what's up and coming in the world of manga, looking at the future release list. Um, having a look, there's, in a few weeks, there is a series, um, gonna be starting on the 11th called Dragon Goes House Hunting, which from looking at the synopsis is basically mirroring all the problems that exist in finding a house nowadays for human beings. So I'm there. I'm, I'm there for like bitching about house hunting, but with a dragon in it. Like, that sounds fine. Yeah, yeah, that does that. That does sound pretty good. Um, I, I also say on the list. I feel like I must have missed this meeting because I did not realize that the Amagi Brilliant Park Light novels had been licensed that were coming out. Because apparently on September the ninth, the first volume of that comes out. Uh, that is a series from uh, Shoji Gato of Full Metal Panic fame, and uh, I really like the anime. It's a heck of a lot of fun. So uh, that may be something that I have to uh, to pick up and, uh, and give a look at some point. Oh yeah, that's a that's a J Novel Club um, banger. Um, they've they announced that a while ago. I think it was during one of their like crazy blowout licensing sort of sessions. And I think, unsurprisingly for them, bless them, that was when it was also next to a very questionable sounding title. And that, of course, everyone glommed on the questionable sounding title as the thing to talk about, not you know a Maggie Brilliant Park. So whoops. Um, also in light novel news, on my birthday, um, is coming out Perfect Blue Complete Metamorphosis. Um, which I, I read a review of that, which entirely put me off of it. And the a subsequent tweet about the review, um, there's a review up on the Anime Limited blog. Um, quick note, Andy works at Anime Limited. Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, but yeah, put up a, put up a, um, review from August and well regarded. Well, I think he's cool. Um, Mr. Uh, oh, I forgot. Andrew Osmond. Thank you. I just lavished praise on him and then I forgot his damn name. Sorry, <laughs> Andrew. But yeah, Andrew Osmond, um, reviewed it and the good tweet alongside it is like oh they say that bad books make good movies and i was like shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i actually uh this this came out physically a little while ago i actually have a physical copy that i've not checked out yet so I mean, maybe i dodged the bullet by not actually getting around to reading it but it's, it's cool that it's getting a digital release because you know perfect blue kind of a big deal yeah, I just wish the Monogatari books were getting a, per- a digital release because, man, I'm sick of buying them physically. For like yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually given given up on on those at the the, the current time uh, for for that exact reason, and uh, I, I suspect uh, I suspect that's one that won't change anytime soon and get a digital release. But hey ho, nope, nope, I doubt it's going to change in any way. But yeah, after the perfect blue sort of message, I looked sideways at my copy of Paprika, um, which is another Satoshi Kon film, and like a few people on my timeline started saying yeah con found the good stuff in that story and left the bad and so now i might not bother reading it at all because i need to get through my book reading pile because i haven't got any room left even to have a book pile anyway (laughs) 
But yeah, so cool. That's what's coming up. And a small selection thereof. There's plenty more stuff obviously coming out, stuff continuing. But hey, we just pick what we like because, you know, podcast. Cool. So um, this is the close down section. Thank you everyone for listening. You can find our website and all of our previous episodes at screentone.club. You don't have to have put www on the front, but you can if you want. Um, the podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, I think Stitcher. I I forget. It's I, I filled in those forms like a month ago at this point. Um, in general, if you like the podcast, we'd be really appreciative if you told a friend or tweeted about it or left a review. That stuff really, really helps with discoverability and getting people to like find the show. Um, we have a Twitter feed, which is at Screen Tone Club or one word. Um, I tweet about there. I tweet about the episodes on there. Um, we also have an email, um, too, actually. Whoops. Um, we have Screen Tone Club at gmail.com and also newly set up and working after not having it work for like a week and me not figuring out what the problem was is, um, podcast at screentone.club. In fact, you can basically write anything you want to before the at screentone.club and that should work. If you try and test that and find a way to break my email server, I'm going to get really upset, okay? Um, it took a while. Anyway. <laughs> please, please, please send your emails to Elliot. Stop picking such long series at screentime.club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can also do that. Just don't put like plus minus percentage sign octothrope at screentime.club or Outlook <laughs> will get very upset at you. Drop, drop table at screentime.club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you do that and my email client collapses, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> but I'll also laugh because I can totally appreciate someone doing that, frankly. Uh, someone tried doing that at work. It was real stupid. Like someone tried making a user account called drop table and i'm like nice try dork (laughs) anyway computers so um on personal note you can find my twitter feed at elliot page um two l's one t or one word uh you can find my personal website at moesh.it um the internet company of italy haven't tried to take it away from me again this time thankfully and andy where can we find you uh yeah you can find me on the twitter where i am at hannah's 1979 grand ah so thank you very much everyone for listening as mentioned earlier if you have any thoughts about planetes or about um satan's secretary or even for that note about go for it nakamura or the voynich hotel drop us a line twitter email etc we might get a voicemail line no we're not anyway take care everyone and have a lovely evening bye everyone